Namaste. Sat Nam. What's up, y'all? Howdy, bitches, hoes, thoughts, players. Welcome all. We don't discriminate against your sexual <laughs> proclivities. Um, <laughs> if anything, it's encouraged. Just use protection. Hi, this is A Thousand Serious Moves. I'm your host and amateur guru, Amanda Holstein. Um, thanks so much for tuning in. On today's episode, I sit down with Houston comedian Ku Agenti, aka your favorite African. His words, not mine. Um, <laughs> so on this episode, we sit down and we talk about comedy in general. We talk about holding grudges and carrying around negative energy and the importance of letting that shit go. We talk about karaoke and we recorded uh, this podcast at The Secret Group, which is Houston's best comedy venue. They have lots of comedy shows and other things. So if you're in the Houston area and you haven't made it out to The Secret Group, make sure you go by there. There's just always something fun going on and uh, cheap drinks, all that shit. So, um, but yeah, without further ado, enjoy this conversation I have with Ku Agenti. Welcome. Hi. Hey, what's going on, um, Amanda? This is Kua Genti. He is your favorite African. Yeah, I'm <laughs> in the building. I actually got a new joke and your name is part of it. Oh, oh, I know. I heard that joke last night. You saw night. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to make a joke about it, but I went on too. like, it was like you had already done other jokes, so you to reference done it. it. Yeah. You still brought it up. Yeah. Like, hey, Kua had a joke about Amanda forever. Well, <laughs> here I am. Um, <laughs> yes, Ku is a comic here in Houston. Um, do you have any shows coming up or anything? I do have a big show, May 23rd, Houston Improv. That's in two weeks. That's literally two weeks from now. Yeah, check it out. Ku is hilarious. Yeah, he's... How long have you been doing comedy? Ten years. Oh, wow. I've been doing it for a long time. Ten years. It's still strong. Still going strong. That's like before Houston had its comedy scene. Oh, that it has they had now. comedy since the 80s. How well? How was the comedy scene when you started? Like, cause when it's I moved here, changed now, yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't start here. I started in Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, you did. So okay. So yeah, I started in Memphis, Tennessee, and I moved here in 2010. Okay, so. So yeah, when I came here, it was pretty competitive. When I came here, I was like, really. They had a place called Sherlock's right off of West Gray. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Just, place. It used to be the laugh stop, but it may turn into Sherlock's. Uh -huh. I think they, they moved. I think. Yeah, they yeah. tore that place down. It's like lofts now, I think, or something right there on West Gray. It's right? still there. It's still is there. It? What oh. happened is, okay, so Sherlock was across the street. No, that laugh stop was right there, I think, in a couple of blocks from Sherlock's. Then they uh, moved to Sherlock's. Mm -hmm. They might have turned that into the original building down, but then they moved to Sherlock's. Okay. Then they moved to Spring, Texas, and Sherlock just bought that building. Mm-hmm. And they just turned it to open mic there on Mondays. Okay. And that yeah. was like the first open mic I actually performed there when I moved to Houston. Did you perform at that comedy club that was right there? No, oh. that was okay. before me. That was like way before me. I had went to a comedy show there. That was bef like years before I ever started uh -huh. doing comedy. But I lived right by there at the time. And really? I remember thinking the comics weren't very good. Like <laughs> wow. it was one of those instances, you know, like. I mean, when I first started comedy, it was like I would see other people do comedy and be like, well, fuck, I could do that. Like, you know, I could be funnier than that. Right, right. I think a lot of comics start comedy by being like, well, I've always wanted to try and I think I could be funnier than that person or whatever. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what got you into comedy? What got me into comedy? Well, wow, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. 
it's just weird. I just felt like I didn't have nothing else to do. <laughs> and I was just at the time I was with my son's mother at the time, and I was in the shower, so I get most of my ideas in the shower. Uh-huh, yeah. And I was like, hmm, what would I do with my life? Then I just say, oh crap, I think I'll start doing stand up because I like comedy, right? That's easy, right? So I got out of the shower, uh, make sure I wipe myself. Anyway, <laughs> so I go see my, I go to the room where my son's mother was in. And I was like, hey, I'm gonna do stand up, and she was like, yes, do that. You, you, you're funny. And I was uh-huh. like, okay. So I did like three months of just research, and I kept going to this club. It's called uh, Comedy Ten, mm-hmm. and I just uh, in Memphis, Tennessee. Shout out to Memphis. Shout I out. decided to just watch comedy for a whole month, three months, just watch it and see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Then they had an open mic on Wednesdays, so I told her like three months later, I was like, "Hey, uh, uh, remember I told you about me do comedy?" And she's like, "Yeah." She goes, "Well, I'm about to start doing it next week, Wednesday." Yeah. And she was like, "This, you were serious?" I was like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then she goes, oh, I don't think you're that funny to do it. I was like, what? You just said I could do it. Then she goes, I didn't think you were serious. I was just going off the moment. I said, oh no, I was dead serious. <laughs> and y'all aren't married anymore. Mm, we never got married. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Never <laughs> got married, but uh, that probably was one of the main reasons why we're not together now, probably. Yeah, Because I held real. that over. I was like, God, oh, you didn't believe in my, my dream. <laughs> Every time you get on stage, <laughs> it's just like, fuck you, bitch. It used <laughs> to be. It used to be. Now I've kind of got over it. Yeah. Because it's like, what, what's the point of being mad all the time? Yeah, for real. I mean, she's moved on her life. I might as well just move on my life. And to be honest with you, I probably got over it maybe a week ago. I'm mm-hmm. kidding. Mm-hmm. Maybe just like we got over <laughs> it maybe sh- five years ago. I finally just put it to bed and just say, you know what? I'm not yeah. going to be mad about it no more. I just, just let it go. Yeah, that's, that's what hard I did. Just, to just yeah. let it go. Because what's the point of just holding it over your head and go, I'm just trying to prove her wrong and blah, blah, blah. There's just so much negative energy Mm -hmm. that you just put in your body. And she's moving on her life. She's having sex. She's having a good time (laughs) in her life. And I'm worried about what to prove her wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think probably the highlight for me was, I think like two years later, she came to some competition I was at and I did well. And she goes, oh, I didn't think you really was going to be good at this. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I guess what? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been my mic drop, but I did do the mic drop. I still was trying to prove it wrong after that. So yeah. I kind of let go like five, six years ago and just say, you know what, cool, just just have fun, man. Mm-hmm. I think that can be a motivation, you know, when you're comparing yourself to other people or other people's expectations, like to prove that you can do it. But like you said, like I think at a certain point it's like then you're just carrying that around with it's you. It's toxic, like, man. Yeah, it really is. It's just is. too much. Because people don't even know when they tell you stuff. Probably somebody have told you something and probably it went straight to your soul. And they don't but they even know like, they didn't yeah, meant uh-huh. to say it that way. And you yeah. just run with it and just go, I'm going to prove this person wrong. I mean, the person's already yeah. moved on with their life. They're having the time of their life. <laughs> and you're worried about what they think of you. They probably don't care. That's why I don't care. That's why stand-up is so great. Because we they have no expectations for us to be funny anyway. Mm-hmm. So when we prove them wrong... That's when they laugh because that's the reason why people laugh anyway. We're making them laugh. Mm-hmm. And some people don't want to laugh. So if you make them laugh, then we just <laughs> did what we wanted to do. We just yeah. proved you wrong that we we are funny and you just never gave us a chance. Mm-hmm. My f- biggest compliment, somebody tells me, I didn't think you was funny, but you made me laugh. Yeah. I love that. Exactly. I love changing somebody's mind about me mm-hmm. and actually just going, hey, uh, you're funny and you're know saying uh, – yeah. I, I want to prove somebody wrong. That's yeah. my thing. And it might sound petty, but that, that's what I like. I like, I like that, that feeling of that challenge of just going, mm-hmm. I just want to prove people wrong. Yeah. And just do it. 
were you funny growing up? Like, were you, did people think you were funny and like your family or friends? Did people think I was uh, funny? funny? Growing up, yeah. Yeah, I always was a class clown. Mm-hmm. Always. Always yeah. made people laugh. Skip class. I grew up in Nigeria. I'm from Nigeria, so. Yeah, tell me a little bit about your background. <laughs> I guess I don't really, I'm not Yeah, I grew up in Nigeria, born in Lagos, Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Have you been there? I have not. <laughs> <laughs> you take me, not. take me some time. Everybody's been to everywhere but Nigeria. Like, yeah, I've been to Kenya, I've been to Angola, I've been to South Africa. We've been uh, to Nigeria. I haven't what been is to that? Africa at all, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would go to Egypt first just because of, you know. Oh, Egypt is badass. Yeah, so. Like, Egypt is for sure badass. Yeah. No, but uh, I, I don't know. Just always was a class kid. I always made people laugh and stuff. People always call me like for like, hey, Koo is the guy that just clown people. Like, hey, go get Koo. But they didn't call me Koo better. They called me Junior because I had the same name with my dad. Mm-hmm. So everybody knew me as Junior. They'd be like, go get Junior. You're just going to make people laugh. And then I'm just going to, it's just going to be a circle of guys. And I'm just in the middle. Just everybody uh, just go, ha, ha, ha. And just go, uh-huh. okay, Junior's around. So I was kind of like the life of the party. Then obviously I moved here and became the opposite. I became the outsider. When did you move here? How old 97. were you? How old were you at that time? I was 16 years old when I moved to America. Oh, it became I became not the cool kid. Mm. That's very, it's a big culture shock. Totally. Becoming like the cool kid in Nigeria, then coming to a country nobody knows who you are, mm. and obviously they're not really fond of Africans that much. Yeah. So it was just kind of like, wow. It was pretty mean. Kids were mean to me here. Aww. But I think that's how, I think that's kind of karma, kind of. Because I was, I won't say I was the bully, but I was more like the guy that was just antagonist and just messing with people. Then I moved here and became though pray <laughs> it's <was> like karma <laughs> yeah that's kind of that's what i think i believe karma was. i was like karma's a bitch man because i was like <laughs> this is around. really this is really frustrating but it made me a better person then obviously i got older and i realized i started getting back my funny again mm-hmm. and i started obviously being friends with americans because when you live in houston Houston's such a small Houston has its own, it's a big city, but it has different communities here. Yeah, within So you have the yeah. African community, the Nigerian community, and just, so I just hung out with my people when mm-hmm. I was here in Houston. Yeah. Then when I moved to uh, New Orleans in uh, 2000, mm-hmm. I got to see the black American culture. Right. And kind of understand the black way of life, because there wasn't a lot of Africans in, in, um, in New Orleans. So mm-hmm. I got to see that side of black America, and I got to interact with them. And I go, oh, wow, wow, we, we, we people. Mm-hmm. We just we just sound different, but we're just same kind of people. Do you? I was having a discussion with Seth um, for Bullock. Is that yeah, his last Bullock, name? Yeah, 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 we were talking about that the other day about the difference between you know Black Americans and then you know um, you know Africans right. who literally moved to America or whatever. You know, it was a huge culture, culture difference. Mm-hmm. Huge. It's not even. I mean, to naked eye, Black is Black, but right. but no, it's totally different. And even within, I had a boss one time when I was in New York who, she was Ethiopian, and she was talking to me about, you know, black Americans, African American, you know, black Americans, right? Is that the the term? Like, I I don't really... Yeah, there's too much names. Yeah, exactly. Go by African Americans, it's fine. Yeah, so she was talking to me, she was like basically talking shit about black Americans and was like, they just like live in poverty, blah, blah, blah. And that was my first experience with the distinction between, you know, people who come from Africa, obviously not everybody is racist or discriminatory or whatever, but that like, you know, cause like you said, it's like at face value, it's like, I'm black, you're black, but like the cultural difference in the experience is completely different. So, yeah. No, for sure. It's, it's, huge like i said it was a culture shock for me even me mm-hmm. moving here and got to see okay i'm not as black as i thought i was mm-hmm. and even even today some of my black friends give me shit they're like oh you're not really that black so you don't understand the black culture i'm like 
Yeah, I am. If I get stopped by the cops, exactly, he's like, not gonna just go. Oh, he looks African. He goes. He gonna look at me as a black person. Exactly. Now, he's if, not once I get my driver's license, then it's a yeah, different he's, thing. He's not gonna talk to you about Pokemon or whatever. <laughs> no, because he's gonna treat me like a black person, and that's right. why I keep telling my black friends or people that say I'm not black enough to understand that black culture. I'm like, I'm living in it here. Yeah, I mean, everybody's experience is different, but that doesn't mean that you don't face discrimination or you're oh, somehow for sure. privileged. It's like, I don't know. I, it's so easy to be ignorant. That's why I say it. Ignorancy is an easy thing to feel. Because mm-hmm. if, you, if you don't care about shit, you, you feel good. Like, I don't care about it. It's a feel-good thing. But when you care about stuff, it's stress. You're worried. Mm. You, you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. just you care. That's what, that's what stress is. You're caring about stuff. Yeah. But when you don't give a shit, you live longer. <laughs> <laughs> People live long. Because you like, how does this motherfucker live long? Because he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's a fine line between, like, giving enough of a shit that you, like, work towards something or, like, right. have goals for yourself. But then also being, like, at the end of the day, it's all arbitrary. Like, I'm not going to stress about something that doesn't hold any real weight. Well, yeah. But this is, that's the problem with Americans. America doesn't, if it's not America's way of life, they don't care. You know what I mean? That's why when, when I talk to, even now I talk to people that's American, they'd be like, it blows their mind about stuff like I tell them about other worlds. I'm like, wow, they do that in other places. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah. Like what? Can you think of an example? Like, prime example, when I say water, it's like scarce out there. Like, there's not a lot of water out there where I'm mm-hmm. from. Like, water, you have to, you, we don't take showers. We take, like, baths. Yeah. Like, like it just, water is such a pressure commodity. Right. And telling my friends that, they'd be like, really? That That's the thing? Like, yeah, like water and power like electricity mm-hmm. they don't have that where i'm from like yeah. you have electricity where i'm from is like luxury mm-hmm. like people have a normal life without power and so, they fine with that so your family why did they move to the united states wow. it, i don't know if y'all can hear there's drumming in the background but we're gonna keep talking about anyway. wow, yeah. that's loud. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it got loud really quick when uh when or why did your family move to the United States or how? Why did, uh, we moved here because we wanted a better life. Mm-hmm. We like wanted a better life, and obviously, this is an American dream. My dad literally moved here in in the eighties, like the early eighties, for school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you ever seen Harlem Nights? Uh, no, I don't think I have actually. Okay, there's a movie called Harlem Nights. Eddie Murphy. He did it right after yeah, coming I, to America. Yeah, I know about it. I don't right. think I've actually seen so it. So there's yeah. a scene where this white guy f- has sex with a black chick, mm-hmm. and she put the pussy on him so bad, he calls his wife. Oh, shit, he's married. <laughs> and says, hey, Jenny, I'm never coming home. Don't worry about my clothes. Bye. <laughs> and it hangs up on her. That's basically what my dad did. Oh, shit. My dad came here, got some American pussy, and was like, you know, I'm, I'm loving here. Mm. Fuck my family. I'm going to have a different family here in America. And that's what he did. What so if I watch that scene in Harlem Night, it's like funny and so hard for it's it. It's like, like so that. true. Because yeah. I go, I, I, I can relate to that shit. Uh-huh. That was what my dad did. Do you keep in touch with your dad? Or? We passed away. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. He passed away, yeah. Yeah. Bummer, yeah. My dad and my mom passed away, sadly. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, man. But they're in another life. They're, in other, they're probably arguing right now, probably. <laughs> so you grew We've talked about this a little bit. So you grew up, you were raised Christian in yes. Africa. I, uh, well, Nigeria is pretty much 60% Muslim. Mm-hmm. 40% Christian and 20% others. So mm-hmm. I, I am Christian. But I understand the, the Muslim religion a little bit. Yeah. You might understand a little bit more than me even just having yeah. been surrounded it's, in that it's, culture. I don't know. It's just weird. Like when people see Islam or Muslim, they think about obviously terrorism and 
bombing. I think 9-11 changed a lot of stuff for it people's really opinion about Muslims. It really did skew people's perception of it. And I felt bad for Muslims because they're not even that. Most Muslims are very peaceful people. Exactly. Majority of them are. Yeah. Obviously, you're going to have some bad apples that just you can't escape and that's that. like within every religion correct too. and people don't understand that people just put all of them in one category mm-hmm. and that's not fair for the muslims you know what i mean that's like you gotta be like okay these guys or especially me growing up with them i go man these guys are like the coolest people and they have this the nice salam alaikum salam salam yeah. just a nice <laughs> way of talking i'm like wait this is freaking cool my neighbors are muslims so mm-hmm. we we celebrate their religions with them like they had uh the they had the ramadan mm-hmm. we had up, we celebrate yeah. with them and we christians but we knew okay they're doing their little it's called fasting so when mm-hmm. they have they break their fast they have a big old feast and they invite us we come over to eat and it's just so within the country, then there was a lot of um, sort of coexisting between the two. Uh, well, yeah. Or on it was like yeah, on a little indi- bit coexisting, but it's still basis, you can tell like there's a tension now with everything. That's why I hate religion because religion is a is a division of man. Mm-hmm. That's a little tension now because the Muslims are trying to go, oh, we are the majority and. And they got a lot of political office in where I'm from. Yeah. So the Christians are like, yo, we need to get our office too. I mean, because we're not I Muslims heard. doesn't mean that we not can't be Christian. We can't have our office and run stuff, political stuff. So yeah. most of the presidents of our country, my country is like most of them are Muslim traditionally. Yeah. I mean, because I they're th- the majority. I think that is a problem with, you know, a lot of organized religions. And what turns a lot of people off to it is when they start to take, so much power whether it's christians catholics you know islam i don't don't really know if buddhists have done that or whatever but you know like people use their religion to like assert their power and be like oh we're right and if you don't believe what we believe you're you're going to hell and you're wrong you're you're a piece of shit basically which is crazy because so many religions teach you know, love, acceptance, charity, you know, giving to the poor. Yeah. But yeah, but they so it's they're hypocrites. Most mm-hmm. of them are. Because you, if you just dissect into the bitty gritty of religion, you'd be like, oh, shit. It's basically beneficial for the ones in power. That's right. really what religion is. The, the ones that are in power benefit from that. So it's if you're not part of that religion, then you're not going to benefit from power. Yeah, it definitely is a tool for people to, like, assert their being right or feeling better than other people. Like, oh, I have all the answers, so I'm better than you, right. basically. Like, prime example, you president of the United States. Every president of the United States is a Christian. <laughs> yeah, they Think about it for that. a second. <laughs> Think about it for a second. Yeah. No, America will lose their fucking mind if it was an atheist president. Mm-hmm. Uh, Every like all the religious people will be like, oh my god, they would blow their brains out right now because yeah. they just can't imagine somebody not, oh a Muslim, God forbid, a Muslim be a president of the United uh, States. Yeah. They just wanted to be Christianity because they they picture Christianity as the white mm-hmm. of America. Yeah, well, it's funny because whenever you know Trump was running, they asked him they're like, well, what's your favorite verse in the Bible? And he was like, um, that's between me and God. Like that's very personal. It's like you don't even know anything. Because he right, like, was riding <laughs> off the Christian bandwagon. Because he knew. Because he's smart. Uh-huh. He knew that he can't be an atheist and and be president. Because he would lose his election. He's in church. You could. He's like the most uncomfortable person in churches mm-hmm. because he doesn't give a shit about God. He doesn't. I have um, my boyfriend. His mom. His parents are you know religious um like southern kind of religious and she was talking about trump and she was saying like indirectly but was basically saying that you know 
just because somebody sa says certain things and can be kind of crass, like, that doesn't mean that they're not a man of God. And I'm like, no, that's basically exactly what that means. <laughs> like, you know, to me, it's like, I, it's kind of a cliche. People talk about like, oh, yeah, I'm spiritual, but not religious. It's like, yeah, no, I just want to be a good person. Like, that matters more than just saying I'm right. a Christian. It's Absolutely. like your actions speak louder than your words. Like, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, and I grab them by the pussy. Like, it's like... Really? Because there's a contradiction there. It's very. It seems to be. And that's what scares me from church because they just, it just don't add up. Mm -hmm. Do you believe in God? Oh, of course. Yeah, mm -hmm. I have to. <laughs> I have to. I mean. What do you I've mean been, by I, that? I grew up in Nigeria. I grew up in a third world country, so I have to believe in God. Like, I feel like, I feel like people that's atheists, they didn't grow up in a third world country. So they didn't know. They had, like, the luxury Right. They don't know believing. how to compare and contrast. Mm -hmm. But if you go to, like, shitty countries. Like what Trump calls them, shithole countries. Shitholes, yeah, shithole. If he goes to shithole yeah. country, you can be like, oh shit, there is a guy because people are living life and act like nothing's wrong with them. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. You can't explain certain stuff. Certain stuff you see, you be like, I can't even explain that. Mm -hmm. So do you pray and stuff? Uh, or is I'm, it not, I'm not like I don't pray all the time. Not I like pray a practice every. Practice attached. Yeah. You know, it's weird. I pray mostly when I'm about to hit the stage, which is weird. <laughs> that's hey. when I I do the little crucifix thing. Get thingy. it while you can. Yeah. That's that's the. <laughs> That's sad. I pray more <laughs> right if I get on stage than praying on my food. <laughs> what if it's going well, to you know? Stage time matters more than food. It's <laughs> weird. It's the weird. I'm so backwards. Like, I I probably just like, oh, this is this. Fucking food. Give me that. Mm -hmm. But when I'm about to hit the stand, I'm like, this God. Because that's what really <laughs> matters to you. Is like Right. Yeah. That's what it is. And I feel like God should give me a better... Uh, give me better dick jokes so I can make people laugh. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. No, you don't have that many dick jokes. I don't. I, I really mean, don't. Which is weird. I should have dick jokes, but I don't. Because I feel like I, I, don't, I don't do sex jokes that much. It's, that's I, I don't know why it doesn't hit because people don't think I'm having sex. or I don't know what it is. <laughs> I, I, I might be overthinking it. I used to write a lot of jokes about sex, but it was just because it was easy and I would get laughs. And I didn't realize that's what that was. Like I just thought I was being like edgy but right. now that i've been doing comedy a little bit longer and how long I, you been doing it now um about four and a half years okay. really all together um so now whenever i watch especially female comics and they talk about you know their pussies and sex like to me it makes me cringe because i'm like write something else like now i see like just how easy it is to get laughs if you're talking about sex it's like it's actually more challenging to write a joke that's you know well-constructed that's not just, you know, makes people laugh uncomfortably. Right, but basically. if you're doing bar gigs, I would think you should have sex jokes because yeah. that's what they want to I mean, hear. it's good to – I did a show at Barcode. It's a gay bar over in Montrose last okay. week. And it was, like, a drag show and then comedy, drag show, comedy. And uh, my set was, like, cocaine jokes – did really well and then my other jokes kind of flattened and then sex and cocaine joke is so you saying, know you gotta you know your audience gigs, you gotta do sex jokes I'm yeah sorry, I to, it'd be hard if you're like a christian or a clean comic it'd be mm -hmm. hard for you to do like bar gigs yeah no <laughs> yeah <laughs> you gotta you gotta get you gotta get raunchy you gotta get dirty that's yeah. why some club uh comedy clubs they 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 don't book bar comics because you you do so many bar gigs. You start yeah. smelling like bars, mm -hmm. and they automatically go, uh, I want to book that guy, I guess. He's yeah, like, he, I mean, you're pretty clean, but it bar. seems like, I mean, I've seen you at Avant Garden, and, you know, here, like, it seems like you do pretty well, even though you work generally pretty clean. I try, uh, well, I don't know about clean, but I try to enunciate my words. <laughs> I try to, I don't think it's clean. I think it's more like, I try to, I don't write dirty. That's what it is. I yeah. don't. I don't write dirty because I don't write, like, cursing and all the stuff in my jokes what i'm writing i don't even write jokes anyway that much but 
when I write or think of a joke, I don't think of it as a dirty form. I think it was a clean form because my, my theory is if you can't do it on TV, you can't do it at all. Mm. So my goal is to be on TV telling on Tonight Show. And you Conan mean like late night shows, right. like not like Netflix right, right. or whatever. Yeah. I mean, if I get on there too, that's fine. <laughs> but I, I just want a joke that's going to be, I want my material to be very universal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, I hate to say PC, but I try to PC myself a little bit. I try not to be too edgy because right now in this day and age, a lot of comics are try it can't be themselves because you automatically get that backlash. Mm-hmm. So I'm very condescend of that when I write jokes. But yeah. I still write jokes that I like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that's ultimately what matters is like, are you happy with the joke? Because well, I'm fine with my joke. Yeah, like, because, like I said, like now that I've been doing it a little bit longer, like I used to think like, oh, this is funny. Fuck you. I'm gonna do it regardless. But it's like, yeah, you know, you do want to write jokes for yourself, but it is possible to write jokes that you think are funny that also are gonna be accessible to an audience. Like you Absolutely. have to take into account the audience. Oh, you can't time. just be like, oh, if you don't like my art, you just don't get it. It's like. No, the nature of comedy is that you're performing in front of people, so you have to for sure. meet them on some sort of level. When I was uh, I was writing for, that's um, all right. When I perf- I just put open uh, when I do black shows, predominantly black shows, because I did a predominantly black sh- audience this last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. A shout out to Brad T. Jackson, but anyway, I opened up for him, mm-hmm. and it was like, you, I got to see like a predominantly black crowd. I don't do a lot of black crowds that much, uh-huh. but if I do make them laugh, I feel like I won, kind of. Uh-huh, yeah. Like, yeah, I made these suckers laugh. Yeah. Because <clears throat> black black people are very hard to make laugh. Mm-hmm. They're very, I don't know if you perform from a black audience. Yeah, I actually do pretty well in front of black crowds. Opposite which, of tracks, that's y- what it is. Yeah, like I, I almost feel like that they're more open to me because, right, because they don't they're see almost a lot of nicer. You. I feel like they're harsher with black comics right, than they are because they don't see a lot of you. Yeah. Same thing with me. My majority of my fan base are white people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so when I do black audience, I automatically have that defense in my mind going, they're going to hate me mm-hmm. because yeah, the way I pronounce my words, I'm not going to talk about their sensibilities. Uh-huh. I'm pretty much talking about what I like, which is probably something they don't like. Mm-hmm. But if I could make them laugh, I go, okay, that's a win-win for me. Yeah, to me, if I can make a black crowd laugh, like that matter, that's like the ultimate goal versus like right. any other crowd, basically, because they are the hardest. Because oh my God. they'll turn on you in a second, like nanosecond. Yeah, exactly. Match yeah. I did. Exactly, I'm telling you, I did uh, eleven shows mm. and predominantly with black audience. So I was like, wow. And I didn't knock on wood. And I never had a bad set. That's good. That's because I was saying to myself, wow, this is gonna be. <laughs> Surprise yourself. I know it's good. They were telling me uh, the guy that uh, performed with me had a guy that hosted in, in, in Arlington Improv and they had to yank him off the show because he wasn't that good. He was I hosting. heard, I don't know if it's the same guy. I won't, we won't name names, but I heard there was a guy on a show you were doing that he got booed off the stage. Maybe, maybe it wasn't a show you were doing, but he was black and they just didn't like him at all. Maybe it wasn't the same show. Someone was talking about that yesterday. Show that I did at Houston Improv? Maybe not. Maybe uh. it's a different show. Oh, okay. Probably mistaken. I don't know. Yeah, so. Was it me? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't it was know. you. You got booed off the stage. I've got booed many times. Have you? Yeah. Really? Comes with a territory. I haven't gotten booed yet. I You're so like nice. That's why I told you, man. Oh, you, have that, okay. you have that, hey, I'm so nice, but I'm hippie. Yeah. Yeah. I should be more mean. <laughs> Nobody's going to boo you because you're a sweetheart. And you're not, I don't think you're. Most comics that get booed have strong opinion about stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the crowd goes, okay, fuck this guy. If they don't agree, yeah. So it's like more like it's, it's, it's comedy's like, it's, it's like 
serving if you serve shit well and they eat it they'll eat it <laughs> yeah it's shit but he served it well mm-hmm. that's just what it is it's just how you serve it but if you serve it like it smells and stinking like hey eat this nobody gonna eat it. but if you cook the shit right and make you it look it right. good yeah and you say, hey eat this you might, this is some good stuff. Like, you just ate shit. I'm like, really? It's I've never heard that analogy. It's all about presentation. <laughs> That's true. It's all about confidence. That's what I'm saying. We, you could say this. I mean, you could say the same thing. And it will come off differently, obviously. Because mm-hmm. we're two different people. We're mm-hmm. saying the same words. Same words, same everything. But you're, the way you are, your demeanor is, you're so cool and so calm. It'd be hard for me to boo you. Because they don't know how to figure you out. Like, it's like, is she high? Is she just <laughs> being, like, mad chill? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, I, Ed, today be more quiet for you than booing you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, uh, when I first started doing comedy, I would, I would, I was able to perform high all the time. And now I, like, hardly ever smoke weed. If I do, it's, like, before I go to bed. But it's, like, now that's just, like, my persona on stage is, like, so translated. So, smoking like, weed, what, it just messes you, gives you cloudy brain, or? I mean, I would do it because I would get nervous. So, like, I would smoke before just to, like, help me to, like, be chill on stage when I first started because I would But just here's like, the thing. You were already chill anyway. Yeah, but at the, time, <laughs> at the time, I would be so nervous on stage. So, but then it just became easier, and I was like, oh, I don't have to smoke weed, or I don't have to have a drink before I get on stage. Like, it doesn't... Now I just know how to do it. Like, I don't crush every time, but I don't have to. The persona is still there regardless of the substance. So, mm, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I think I, the last time I got booed was maybe the last three months I was in Memphis when I was about to move to Houston. That was the last time I got booed. And I was like, so that, well, was, a well, long, I, I that was a long time ago. I got booed. I'm lying. I got <laughs> booed uh, 2011. I got booed. What was the date? <laughs> I feel like you would know I the date. I don't remember <laughs> the date, but I know it was summertime, and I know I was really drunk. I, 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 I knew exactly uh, what I did. It was this place called The Horn. I don't even know Ali Sadiq. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ali Sadiq used to have a room called The Horn, and he did it on Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. And he would tell the audience, if you don't like what they're saying, it's all black crowd, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you don't like the crowd, by the way, just just if you don't like the comics, just boom. Just boom. That's oh, his thing. <laughs> and then you walked on stage. So <laughs> I was like, so he finally said, "Hey, could you finally do it in my room?" And I had like anxiety attacks for like a week because mm-hmm. a week later I had to go boot. Also, I had anxiety attacks. I couldn't sleep. I was worried about my set. Oh my god. So and you should never feel like you should never feel like you're about to fucking have a heart attack just to do stand-up. And mm. I felt like I Because getting booed is a horrible feeling. Yeah. But anyway, so I'm driving to this place, and there's a liquor store right there by my house. So I said, Koo, go get some liquor. So I go there, and I get like three bottles of tequila. Three bottles? Like little oh, the little ones. Okay. <laughs> no, no, not the big size. No. Okay, yeah, just like three size. little shots, yeah. So I just started drinking them, suckers. I started drinking them all the way to the fucking show. And mm. I was like, I've already buzzed. I'm on tequila. Tequila's like aggressive. Yeah. So mine's like blood, bloodshot red, and I was like, yeah, give me the crowd. I'm ready, whatever they got. But unbeknownst to me, you still have to tell some jokes. So my confidence level's on all-time high, <laughs> but with no jokes. Oh, shit. And that was, what, about like three years in or something? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, so three yeah. years in. This is 2011. But anyway, yeah. he goes, all right, y'all remember your next comic? And Ali gives like the worst intro. He's like, yeah, give it for this next guy, Kui Jetty. That's not an intro. <laughs> right, so I get on stage, all black crowd. I think I did like maybe two. Jo- I don't remember what I talked about, man. Uh-huh. I was so drunk. I don't oh remember what I said. God. And next I heard the boot tray coming. It was like, 
And what he does, he saw the boo from one end to the other. So it was like. It's like the wave. Right. Like a baseball <laughs> game. So I just go, boo. Oh, my God. And I get off stage. Ali talks about it for like maybe like 30 minutes or whatever. <laughs> so I'm sitting by the bar drinking again. And he walks up to me. He goes, hey, man, are you drunk? And I was like, nah, I ain't drunk. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, I'll make, make it defense <laughs> order. I'm like, yeah, you drunk. He's like, so he say, nigga, you drunk. I'm like, I love baby, I love you. He's like, dude, come back sober and do this shit again. Mm-hmm. I didn't come back to like fucking eight months later. Uh huh, yeah. Because I do a little soul search and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I had, to, I think I drove home. It was probably the longest ride home because I started, I cried. I think I even cried. I oh go, my God. Yeah, because I was like, I haven't got, well, mm-hmm. I got booed like, man. I got booed like literally twice in a year Dang. so it's like i was going okay i can't get this this boot should keep going this Mm-mm. can't be if that's i get a third boot that's not gonna be good yeah three strikes you're out so knocking <laughs> wood i've been booting boo since 2011 but i realized okay wh- what are you trying to do what are you trying to accomplish or is this is this going to be your career mm-hmm. or is this going to be like something you're just doing just to be doing mm-hmm. i mean Figure out what you need to do with your life, Koo. And I had to do a lot of soul searching. It was just like, so I figured it out. I said, okay, I'm going to be more committed to the craft. And I'm obviously not going to be drunk again ever like that. <laughs> yeah. Lesson and just learned. be committed to my jokes and say, okay, live and die by your jokes. If this is what you're going to do. I think with black people, they don't even like the, it's not more about the jokes. It's more about the moxie. It's more about the, the attitude. The charisma. The charisma. Or, yeah, your energy. Yeah. If you come off confidence, that's what they love. They mm-hmm. love confidence. They love yeah. a confident person. It's not even what you say. It's how you act. It's how you walk and how you look. Mm-hmm. How you don't, like you don't give a fuck. It's That's true. that shit. So, so yeah, I, I kind of, even still there, I still, I'm still a hit or miss with a black audience. Yeah. But, but I'm still me. Yeah. I haven't been booed since 2011. So I, that's good. <laughs> so I'm always, always thanking God. That's why, that's why I do the, that's why, it, that's why I do the crucifix thing. Mm-hmm. Because I'm always thinking about the night I got booed. So I go, <laughs> I say, God, boo, 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 don't let me get booed. Yeah. But well, now I, I'm not even afraid of it no more because <laughs> I feel like if you boo me, I feel like you were listening. Well, and at least now you know it's like if you got booed, you still know that the jokes that you're doing work in front of some people. Like you right. know that they're good jokes. So like it could just be the audience. Like if perchance you got booed. I have a friend, uh, Rashad Basir, he's a comic in New York and I know he's funny. Like he's hilarious, he has a lot of charisma. And then he did um the Apollo. He did amateur night at the Apollo and he got Sorry to out you, Rashad, but he got booed off the stage and he but he was like so in his head about it. Like he like dressed up and like wore a suit, whereas like that's not normally that would be like you wearing a suit on stage. Like it was not even his style. It wasn't even his style. Like he was so in his head about like, okay, I'm performing at the Apollo, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's like it's like, yeah, that's somebody that you I know is funny. But, you know, once you start to get in your head and like worry and try to like impress the audience right. or whatever you know then they can sense it right away sure. and they're like no fuck you like you know we're smarter than that like wow. it's almost insulting to he's the a black guy mm-hmm. well. yeah <laughs> jeez yeah well i mean that's again this is it goes by what i said if you don't <coughs> don't just don't give a fuck just do you just be your own flavor mm-hmm. and just rock it and and now i don't care i mean like I said, I've opened with Brandon T. Jackson a couple of times, three times now with him, and I don't care. I don't I don't care if you're laughing out of my jokes. Yeah. And they're going to go, okay, this guy, he don't give a fuck, but he's funny. 
Yeah, I've heard this theory that I listened to this one podcast. It's super corny. It's called The Art of Charm, but it's about like business and networking and like, you know, presenting yourself in the world or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he was interviewing this one guy who was basically saying that like, whatever you're doing, don't worry about the end result, whether it's positive or negative. Look at both as indifferent. Because if you put all of your weight on needing to have a good reaction, then when you have a bad reaction, it's just going to like throw you into the pits, you know, and then, you know, (coughs) and the reverse is whatever, you know, the same. But so it's like, now I know like not every set is going to crush. Like last night we were both on trash and it was like, you had a good set. I felt like I had a good set, but the audience wasn't like, ha, ah, like so loud right. because there's different things that are a Trash shows usually are trash. Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> I hate to call it. Yeah, at least I hate you to know call what it what it is. It's usually at trash. Least you it's know what like you're you getting. can't, you can't, like, nobody's getting fouled and going on TV after performing at trash. Yeah, shows. exactly. So it's like, you have to know that going into it and be Correct. like, I'm going to get up what here. I'm going to do my work and. I'm going to do my best, but I'm not going to worry about, like, the end result, you know, because as long as you feel like you did your part, basically, did your best. I always, I mean, again, as you, when you hit your 10-year mark, I, they say if you do anything for 10 years straight, you should be a master at whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's the thing. Yeah. So with me, I kind of, it's not an audience that I've not performed in front of. I've, I've performed in strip clubs before. I performed oh, in a damn restaurant before. You got to do a lot of black gigs. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of sign black me gigs. Up. <laughs> I don't think I would. Yeah, I don't know who still does strip clubs. If you move to Atlanta, that's a thing in Atlanta uh-huh. now. If you move to Atlanta, you got like a couple of uh, strip clubs that do comedy that nights there, which is weird. I'm <laughs> like, really? I have, a f- I have a friend, John Moses. He's a comic who. In Atlanta? He No, he's in New Jersey, actually, but he will host. Different. He's a comic, but he will like host different competitions and stuff at strip clubs, and he makes good money doing it. Apparently, hosting comedy he, shows. He, I don't even think it's a comedy show, but he's a comic, and then will host like other competitions. Oh, that nice! Are going and on. just like, obviously, you got to be funny. Yeah, he's really funny, so it's a nice. good gig. Yeah, so. I love stuff like that. I love hosting. Mm-hmm. I really, I you think see, I enjoy yeah, hosting more than host. comedy. Yeah, because I feel like my my spirit animal, well, not spirit animal, but the guy that I'm looking at is steve harvey i'm like this that oh guy oh my god i love steve harvey. i want to be that guy he's i want to so be good. that guy because he's great he's great at hosting he knows the right temperature to say mm-hmm. and just get the room going i want to be that guy and i love that i really do i love that i loved i love when he hosts stuff did you watch the steve harvey show when it was on yeah yeah i mean i didn't even know that's who that was when i was growing up like it's I called was, steve harvey I, but it's like, <laughs> i never made the connection because it was like he had that show in the 90s and then it was like all of a sudden. Then I saw him on Family Feud, and then I was like, "Yeah, because he was oh, bald." That, yeah, I was like, "Oh, that's the same guy." But here's like, the kicker: that yeah. afro you saw was fake. No way. He was bald, <laughs> he was back bald then? the whole time. Oh my god! <laughs> but he had the mustache back then, at least. Right? Yeah, he had the yeah, mustache, so. but the, that that fro. That's why I kept saying his line was so perfect because he was it perfect. Really it really was. That it was a toupee me. he had his head the whole time. I'm gonna have to. They have it on YouTube. I was watching it the other day. I'll have to pay more attention. But yeah, it's a toupee. I mean, that, yeah, he's a hustler, too. Steve Harvey, oh like, my God. he just, he works and he does it right. Like, I mean. Somebody asked him, uh, they said, uh, you have, like, four TV shows on TV <laughs> right now. And he goes, aren't you tired? He goes, do you get tired of not having more money? Mm, <laughs> exactly. Like, wow. That's, I always hear him talk about just basically providing for his family. Yeah, and, like, having if they're going like, to pay you, take all the fucking mm-hmm. money in the world. I'm. 
I'm for anybody getting their hustle on. And he's doing what he loves. Like, yeah, I'm sure he wishes he could say certain jokes that he can't say on TV or whatever, but it still feels like he's having a good time and yeah. like he's authentic enough, you know. Oh, like, I he's like I say he's the best host ever. Like mm-hmm. that's 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 who I'm gutting for. That's why if I if I wanted to blow up, I wanna be like I want to be like Steve Harvey and go, okay, he's hosting so many shit. He has hats on everything. And I'm like, I want to be that guy. That's I a just good love goal. hosting stuff. I love that. I really mm-hmm. do. I love, I love, I love hosting more than headlining. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because I feel like it's harder to be a host than a headliner. It really is. Like, I'm, n- I can host, but it's not my thing. Like, I'm definitely. No, you're too chill. Yeah, I'm definitely more of a, like, fourth comic. In right, the right. You're too chill yeah. to be a host. Host, you got to be. It's not even about your jokes. It's more about, like, your charisma. It's more energy, more, like, interaction, mm-hmm. get people going. And Absolutely. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So you got to do jokes that's really very interactive with people for people. Then mm-hmm. just going, okay, I'm going to tell my jokes, like a Stephen Wright type of comic, blah, blah, blah. And you're ready for your first comic? That's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's too mm-hmm. dead. Yeah. Too boring. You want somebody who's going to get up and be like, hey, what's up, guy? Make some noise. Grow crazy. Mm-hmm. Just all that excitement. People feed off that energy. Do you host very often? I do. That's why I do my show, Cooey Gentry Friends. Cooey Gentry Friends is literally was my coming out party saying, you know what? God damn it, Cooey, you can host. When's the next one? <laughs> May 23rd. Is that the one? That's not the one at the Improv. Yes. That's the one at the, improv, one the improv you're hosting. Okay, so yeah, I'll yeah. go to that. What time is that one? Uh, That one starts at 8 to 10. You can okay. still get tickets right now. dot <laughs> improvhouston.com tickets are only $15 you get to see the funniest local comics who in else? the city who else is on it <clears throat> so I got Brian Biggio oh he's so funny Mike Rayo uh-huh. and a banana uh, got um, Chrissy Crow mm-hmm. uh, Jesse Saldina oh, shit. Uh, Larry Goodwill uh, Stacy Anders is on there she's one of my favorite oh, comedians. Oh, yeah, I love her. I um, met her. Who else got on the show? Brad Gray's on the show. Oh, nice. Brad oh, Gray's shit. on Maybe the show. Uh, is that it? Yeah, so y'all should definitely go to yeah, that. Yeah, that's it. Like, yeah. I'll vouch All for local comics, comics, then I close the show. So yeah. what I do is I start the show, I like, do like 10 minutes off the top. Uh-huh. Then I close with 15 minutes of jokes. Fuck so, yeah, that's the way to do it. Yeah. yeah. But I, I actually, because I can compare and contrast now. So when I started headlining, I realized, okay, I like hosting better because mm-hmm. just for some reason, I just feel like you just create the tempo. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people don't understand a host can make or break a show. It really can. And most of th- a good host will basically make the show and Correct. just keep the energy up. Like, that's so important. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I love that. I, I just love, I don't know. When did you reach a point when you're like, I'm doing comedy? Like, when did you, when were you like fully? When did I reach the point now I'm doing comedy? Yeah, like you were like, not, it wasn't just like, oh, I'm trying it out. I'm, this is a hobby. Like. I think when the first time I did stand up in 2008, yeah. When I got on stage in 2008 and I did stand up and I was like, yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I want to uh, do anything else. I think my life changed. With us from the first time? First night I got on stage, open mic, Wednesday wow. night. I did. Stand up, I did great. Mm-hmm. I was drunk, but I did great. <laughs> and I got off stage, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is – I've been chasing that high ever since. Yeah, it's <coughs> like heroin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the first time I did comedy, I did well. Like, I got a lot of laughs, and people told me, good job. Though when I watch that set now, it's garbage. Of course, no. You know? Because you progress now. But it was like I would always get just enough laughs, and then I started getting booked on shows when I was, like, maybe six months in, and then I was like, that's what kept me going was, like – 
people kept telling me I was funny. Like at first I was just trying it to right. see what, what, what it was, if I was good at it. And then it was like, people were like, keep doing it. So I was like, okay. You so know. you just basically learned on the fly. Yeah, pretty much. Like I'd always wanted to try it. And then I was like, let me try it. And then I, I, I was talking to somebody about that the other day about like who bombs their first time doing comedy. And then is like, you know what? I'm going to keep doing it. I feel like if I would have bombed the first time, I might have, like, questioned if it was for me, you know? And some people bomb, like, their first, like, six months, and then they keep doing it. It's like, not to tell anybody not to follow their dreams, but if you're not going to laugh, like, maybe, you know. i got some comics that are still doing it now. Just just bombing consistently. But, hey. I don't know. I, you never. I would know. never tell nobody quit. Obviously. Uh, yeah, I mean, because you never know. Also, like somebody. Because like really you like my comedy, but somebody might just hate my fucking comedy. So it's just mm-hmm. like comedy is so subjective. Nobody could ever agree on who's the funniest person. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense? Yeah, and you can't really predict what somebody's like future is going to be either, because nobody is like real. I feel like. I'm sure when I look back next year from where I'm at today, I'll be like, I wasn't funny. You know, it's like every year I'm like, oh, I'm funnier now than I was then. Correct. You know, so you never Absolutely. know, like, somebody's projection. Like, they could end oh, up you, being Nobody could tell the time. I mean, yeah. look at Matthew Broussard. I mean, I remember that dude started stand-up. I remember the first night he got on stage. Mm, oh, really? And told his joke. I mean, he was funny. He was funny from the beginning, man. Mm-hmm. So it was like for him to be on TV now and – Having a half-hour comedy special, I'm like, wow, this is crazy. I remember when this kid started. Mm-hmm. Like, he started, like, literally seven years ago. Oh, that's crazy. And now he's just psh, fucking traveling the world telling mm-hmm. dick jokes, man. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just what comedy is. You never know who's going to make it. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And also, it's <coughs> not indicative of, like, if somebody makes it or doesn't make it, it doesn't mean that they're not. And it's also, okay, first, how do you define making it? Correct. Is it a Netflix special? Is it HBO? Is it? Being able to just make enough money doing comedy—that's me. Know? I'm. Yeah. I, I don't. I do. Do I want a special? Absolutely. Of course. But, I mean, I just want to be consistently traveling, telling exactly. jokes every day. Like, exactly. going, okay, this is I got to show here. I got to show there. I got to show. Mm-hmm. I want to have so many shows. I start turning down shows. That's yeah. the goal for me mm-hmm. to say. Uh, Idaho. Well, I'm already booked. I that's like not worth like it. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So how you define success, success is already that's one question, and then two, it's like, you know, just because I know tons of funny comics, especially in New York, who have been doing it longer than me and don't have anything to show for it. Wow. You know, so it's like. It's really there is a certain level of like a crapshoot involved. As oh far my as god! Because like I mean. There's so many comedians now. It's, it's, uh, mm-hmm. I, will, I hate to say it oversaturated, but it's kind of oversaturated a now. A little bit. So you're going to have so many ones that are not going to be famous. Mm-hmm. But so long as you're comfortable with yourself, you say, you know what? I've, I've reached the pinnacle of my success, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. Some comments are not fine with it. And some comments lead to depression and suicide. Yeah. I know a couple of comedians that committed suicides that I know, and just, just because oh they, just, they just... We're depressed people anyway, naturally. Yeah, we're just naturally so, inclined that way. But we have to just take the bit over the sweet, man. We have to just go, you know what? All right, I, I might not be, I guess I'm not going to be on HBO. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not going to be on Netflix. But I'm consistently doing this on the road. I'm getting laughs. I'm getting money. Like, yeah, find yeah. your, find your, find your uh, what do they call that? Uh, one of my favorite movies, Jerry Maguire. Find your uh, Quan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, find your Quan. exactly. That's it. Find your Quan. Find, I found my happy place. I mean... 
Do I want to be better than I am? Absolutely. Of but course. I'm not. It could be worse. Because mm-hmm. every time I get off stage and somebody tells me, oh, my God, you're amazing. Mm-hmm. That's what keeps me going. Exactly. I mean, I look at it as like, I'm not going to stop doing comedy because I love doing it. Why? But I don't need to have, I'm not. I don't need to have my own sitcom and maybe the fact that I don't feel that need means that I'll never get one. But it's like, to me, I just want to be able to do comedy and make money doing it and get a good crowd reaction. Like I can't predict ultimately what's going to like, what that's going to manifest as because I haven't been doing it that long, For sure. you know, but I think at the end of the day, like I love doing comedy. Yeah, just that's what I tell people. Find your happy place, man. Mm-hmm. Like me, I f- what suppressed my depression is I started doing karaoke. Uh-huh, that's right. I saw you uh, about a month ago. You were doing karaoke. Yeah, karaoke here, is my yeah. fuck. I love karaoke. <laughs> like you like painting and all that stuff. You were good at it too. I, I loved that. That's just my stress reliever. Are you going to do it tonight? You got damn right I am. All right, you guys. You can see Ku <laughs> You got damn right. Do karaoke, karaoke every Wednesday night at the right Secret, group, Secret at group. What time? 10? 10 o'clock. Yeah. 10 o'clock. Shout out to DJ Samurai. He runs karaoke. Oh, DJ he's so Samurai. good too. Yeah. Yeah, but I love, oh my God. I've been doing karaoke for like four years now oh Andrew Youngblood was a guy that actually brought me to karaoke really Youngblood was like hey man we got this place called Jackson Waterhole I'm like what the fuck is that like uh-huh. they do karaoke like come on let's go and I said dude I don't do karaoke he said dude stop being fucking let's stiff let's yeah. go do karaoke and we I we did karaoke and I've never stopped going <laughs> I started going without him on Wednesday <laughs> just go by yourself it was so bad I was like we should we should do this I, you probably went there it's uh it's Hans Beer House I've been to Jackson Jackson's Hole. Is no, that no, no. Hans B. used to do stand up Wednesday uh, nights. Is that open mic? Is that going on now? No, it's closed. Oh, okay. No, but I've anyway, never we should go one. there on Wednesday night for comedy. And right after comedy, I'm like, uh, anybody wants to go do karaoke? People are like, <laughs> yeah, let's go. And I had like eight comics come with me. And next thing you know, they just start going, anybody want to go do karaoke with me? And I'm like, no, no, not tonight. And I still go. You go I anyway. Just you just so love much. it. Yeah, karaoke is fun. I think st- doing stand-up like now that I've been doing it enough times, it's like, I it's helped me to put away so many like inhibitions and right. like give less of a fuck about being in front of people. Right. Doing karaoke, I'm not a good singer, but I'll do karaoke like a motherfucker. Like I'll have a good time doing. But this it, what karaoke you know? is just having fun. It's yeah. not about singing. I hate people that actually sound good. That really, yeah. I'm like this. Okay, go get a record deal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like. We had this. This is for us. <laughs> karaoke is for people that can't sing. <laughs> not for people that's got a fucking record deal and just fucking shadow like they can't sing. Like oh. I don't know if I can sing and just go, oh, ah. yeah. That fake modest stuff that singers do. Uh, oh, yeah. This is a song called <laughs> you're, so, you're Too Good to Be True. And they just stop fucking sounding great. And mm-hmm. like, oh, shit. Yeah, because it's like, that's not fun if they're just like showing off. You yeah, know? They it's like, I'm not here to watch like karaoke. Christina Aguilera. Like, I'm here to watch somebody like fuck exactly. off, basically. I'll go yeah. pay this Christina Aguilera. I don't want to see you singing. But, <laughs> but that's just my insecurity about people that sound good. Yeah, but I've been also, told I sound good, so it's good. like yeah. it's kind of like it's weird. It's a weird. I, I, my girlfriend thinks I sound amazing. She goes, "Baby, you should start singing." I was like, "I don't know about that." No, don't quit comedy to sing. <laughs> yeah. don't quit That's comedy. the first time I'll tell somebody to don't quit comedy. <laughs> right, but you know what though? This is the scary part. I'm actually liking karaoke more. Is that bad? Well, there's also less pressure attached to it. If you were doing, everybody keeps saying that. I think if you were like doing karaoke, like there's all the competition associated with it, like how there is stand up, then you, then it might not be as fun, you know. But you're just like having fun, basically. Wow, that's you know? to me. I go to, I do. This, you might laugh at me. 
I do karaoke at least four times a week. That's hilarious. Karaoke is like your yoga. Like. Exactly. So Monday, <laughs> I go to Christian's tail. I said, sorry, Christian. Uh, Darwin's on Mondays. Darwin's on Mondays. Uh, Wednesday, I do hear Darwin's, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Friday and Saturday, if I don't have any gigs. Well, if I have gigs, I still come after my gigs. Christian's tailgate. They do karaoke there they Friday karaoke and Saturday? Friday and Saturday. What time? Uh, starts at 9. And okay. Over at 2. That's good to know. I'll probably end up coming by there. At Come some through. Point. I'll, yeah, I'll be there I'm this Friday. There. Yeah. I'll be there Friday, Saturday. My <laughs> shout out to my boy DJ Blue. I do every karaoke DJ. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like a fucking mob guy. You know, I got to be cool with every karaoke DJ because they they put give me good spots. I'm like, yeah, put me up. Yeah, I throw you up. On a <laughs> I, I only go to places that people know who I am. I don't go to places that nobody knows who I am. It's weird. Yeah. It's a weird thing for me. I feel like, oh no, I like all the mob movies and you. If you watch the mob movies, they go to places that people know who they are. Mm-hmm. They don't go to places they don't know who they are. They mm-hmm. go to places like, okay, this the guy. Okay, then I just do that little mob point. Like, hey, what's up, Tony? Yeah, that's <laughs> better that way. Versus having to like, hi, I'm a new person. And everyone's like, who the fuck is this? Yeah, it's like, yeah, like, fuck yeah, that guy. That, all but that. I go to bars. That I literally, that's why, at every bar I go to is karaoke bars, which is weird. They have to have karaoke night. Because that's, that's the only time I enjoy karaoke. I don't care for nightclubs. I don't care about none of that shit. Just take me to a karaoke bar. Yeah. So when yeah. I go on the road, I Google karaoke no bars. Way. Oh my God. God. So anytime you catch Koo on the road, just go to the local karaoke bar. He'll be there afterwards, after what his is set. That noise? <laughs> I don't know. It sounds it's like, like a uh, motorbike. Yeah. Well, if it's, y'all can't hear this, it's so loud. Noise in the background. It's like a little earthquake. It's <laughs> about drilling the ground. <laughs> and it's still vibrating. Yeah, I wonder. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, I love karaoke. This, that's why, again, Steve Harvey thing. I have a vision that I want to be hosting karaoke shows and shit like that. That would be dope. Yeah. I've had that on like NBC and shit. That's like, what I'm saying. Yeah. Stuff like that. It could be on a local level. I don't care. Put it out there into the universe yeah. and see I, what actually, happens. You should run a karaoke show. Just Boom. do it. It's funny you mentioned that, Amanda. I actually started my own karaoke business called White. It's called uh, Wise Guys Entertainment. Me and my boy Mike Rayo. And yes, we'll start our own karaoke because we love karaoke. Me, both are comedians. Oh we love karaoke, and we just go, let's start our own fucking business. And that's yeah. how he was born. Yeah, so yes. I do that. Well, let me know anytime. I'll come by. Like you know, I'm happy to do karaoke, do comedy. Like yeah, whatever. man, we want to yeah. do this. We're gonna do. We're gonna do a mash of comedy and karaoke. So, mm-hmm. so obviously we're gonna do comedy, get the shit out the way, then because yeah. everybody wants to party yeah, with karaoke. Fun, so we're gonna yeah. do comedy for like maybe about <laughs> an hour. Uh huh. And and we just do karaoke the whole night, but we and just want to host that. the karaoke and do comedy in doing that. Like, yeah, I'm doing yeah. both. Exactly. Because I, I, I love hosting. I just said I mm. love music. I love comedy. Why not mash both worlds together? Get the comedians out the way. We do stand up show for like an hour and just do karaoke after that. And people just have a good time. That's so that's the up. goal. Okay, cool. Well, we're gonna wrap up since it's been I guess about an how hour long we been talking? About an hour. Yes. Oh, perfect. So. Um, okay, one more time, your show at the Improv. My show at the Houston Improv is May 23rd. 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 <laughs> I sound like Medea when I said it. 23rd. No, May 23rd. Houston Improv. Tickets just limited right now. I think we're about to sell this sucker out, man, because every show I do, we sell out. Mm-hmm. So, um, so www.improvhouston.com and get your tickets. Only $15, man. Whoever's listening to me, fifteen dollars <laughs> a ticket. Go get your ticket. Stop playing. Do it right now, America. Get I love it. you. Do your you favorite have, African. Do you have social media or anything? Or? Uh, so I'm on Instagram, 
Facebook, Twitter, Twitter, and uh, BlackPeopleMeet.com. <laughs> no, but I've uh, just put in KU first name, last name is E G E N T I, and all my social media stuff should pop up. That's what's up. And I got my website. Go on my website too, but if you want to know more about me, yes. www.kuigenti.com. Koo is a hustler. He's hilarious. Thank you for being on. My this pleasure, man. Great. I love this. And thank you to the secret group. That's where Shout we're recording right now. So thank you to the secret group. And uh, I'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Peace. And that's it. Thanks for listening, y'all. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Make sure you check out Koo um, at the Houston Improv and uh, follow him on social media. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, at The Rapist Jokes. Check out my website, buy some art, therapistjokes.com or therapistjokes.com. And shoot me an email, again, if you want to talk about anything at all, spiritual, or want to sell me psychedelics, uh, feel free to drop me a line therapistjokes at gmail.com or therapistjokes at gmail.com. I hope you all have a great week, great weekend, whenever you're listening. Um, Say a prayer, do some kind of spiritual practice, meditate for a minute. Like I mentioned on the last episode, it will make you happier and will make the world better. But until next time, I wish you all love, courage, pussy, money, weed, enlightenment. Namaste.